let's see. Mojo. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, screw this. It's Rocktober. Let's get my mojo going. Hi, this is Bernard Fanning. And this is Chad Nickelback. This is John Bon Jovi. This is Dave from the Foo Fighters. This is Joe Elliott from Death Letter. We are collectively the band called Green Day. Hey, guys, this is John Karabi from the Dead Daisies. Yep. And it's Rocktober, bitches! Okay, this is my collection. This is Bono here from you, too. You're sitting in history. Basement of Voodoo Sound. Welcome to 31 days of interviews, music, and mojo. It's Rocktober on the Mojo Radio Show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Rocktober on the Mojo Radio Show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hitting the download button. Nice to have your company. What do we do here for those that are new to the show? Well, we just find people that we think are interesting who've got their mojo working and are doing something that we could take lessons from to help us be better in and out of the workplace. And this week is no exception. We have a world-leading CEO coach to talk to us about leadership and how to be better in the workplace. Great, great interview. But to start Rocktober off, Robbo, welcome back to Rocktober, mate. How's your Rocktober going? Oh, oh sorry, you're talking to me. Oh, sorry, my, my, my ears are a bit um, still ringing from yesterday, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks, mate. <laughs> How are you going? Yeah, it was, it was a bit loud. We went to, uh, folks, for those who haven't been following our little journey, we got to intro Ted Daisies at a special gig they did yesterday, a secret mm. gig in Sydney. And um, yeah. uh, very great privilege to introduce the boys, but, dude, it was loud. Yeah, I tell you what. I tell you what, even more so, t- some of those Harleys weren't too hard on the eyes either, were they? Let's be oh, honest. I swear to God, I've got my eye on one. <laughs> now, yeah. listen, uh, let's get... So poor old Trigger the Horse is looking at retirement, is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reckon I might trade uh, trade my horse in for those steel horses, mate. They were, yeah. um, they were beautiful, man. I'll tell you Very what, nice. those, I love Harley Davidson and I love Fraser Motorcycles, mm. i got to say. It was nice a great, indeed. great gig. Mm. And thank you to Kat and all the team from Dead Daisies, all the boys, Marco and John, for having us down there. Um, yeah. But let's rock into Rocktober, mate. Indeed. On this day. On this day in Rocktober. Um, take us back, mate. What uh, what happened? I've gone a little bit country and a little bit rock today. Oh, that sounds like us. Should we go back to 1991 first? We shall. Nirvana, never mind, certified gold by the Record Institute of America. Mm. So, um, yeah, some innovative rock and roll there. The uh, the first sort of real grunge rock, Seattle sort of sound. So, uh, Kurt and the boys there making some big waves in the music industry. Well, you know, the thing is, Robert, you can take lessons out of Nirvana because they mm. did make waves. They created a whole new category. I mean, they did. Grunge rock changed the whole face of music by creating a brand new category, which is no different to somebody disrupting an industry and business where they create a product or a category that doesn't exist. And because they were the first ones to do it, they have maintained their ownership of grunge for what now, 10 or 20 odd years you were selling. So, um, and the other thing that's interesting about Kurt Cobain, who was one of the great songwriters who 
was part of that revolution was mm. he was a really big journaler. And I remember yeah, seeing right. loads of stories about Kurt and the volumes and volumes of journals he had where he would just scribble down lines and thinkings and ponderings. And yeah. that essentially was what became, you know, lyrically uh, the backbone, the backbone mm. to... Um, to the whole Nirvana thing. So there actually is quite a few lessons of rock in those guys that are um, pretty iconic. I wonder whether Courtney got her hands on those and that's where she had a bit of success with Hole, maybe writing lyrics <laughs> that she found in Kurt's book. <laughs> now, folks, you can email. It's robbo at... <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Now, so, uh, anyway, so we've done bit... rock. Let's, yep. let's go country, but I'm well, intrigued. What was, have you got for me? I was thinking of you this week. I know you, know, you love your country music. It was Sadly, it was this week back in 1997 that we lost John Denver to that horrible plane crash in California. He was only 53. So, uh, wow. So yeah, but again, another innovator, another uh, another massive star on the world music stage. Yeah, he was a um, he was an iconic troubadour, as they would say in the industry, yeah. a, a real pioneer. Because I think I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but in a lot of cases, he was one of the first crossovers, the real true country mm. crossovers, where yep. mainstream adult contemporary uh, radio stations would even play a hint yep. of country. So um, yep, yeah, he was. Uh, Wow, that's uh, 1997, eh? There you go. Yeah, 97. So what? Mm. Nearly, nearly 20 years ago. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, makes me feel old. There you go. Yeah. Happy so Rocktober, you, everybody. Happy Rocktober. <laughs> there you go. You let's brightened your day up, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, listen. Speaking of which, I've got one um, one thing I found, which is, is sad that we need something like this. Mm. But there is a blog put out of this guy's favourite apps that can be used. This one's called Self-Control and the tagline is to stay focused at all times. And the idea of self-control is you simply put into your browser Mm. websites that are distracting you from focusing on the task at hand and it basically blacklists them. So you set, say, Facebook and mm. you put in a timer and essentially mm. it locks you out of the program so you can't get into it until the timer is up. Right. So sad that we have to do that, but mm. it is quite a good productivity tool because it said that once you move from one thing you're focusing on to something else, mm. when you want to go back to where you originally were, it can take you 15 to 20 minutes to get your head back into that place is of that concentration right? to continue. So. It's said that we are losing up to 300 minutes a day in that science is showing the average person uh, is interrupted 100 times during the day and each interruption can last up to three minutes. So if you times it out 300 minutes a day, they were wasting the interruption. That's more than half your day. Yeah, but this is an interesting uh, application called self-control. There you go. There you go. Interesting. Give it a go. There you go. Sorry, what what were you going to do next? I, I should turn Facebook off. Sorry. She's <laughs> <laughs> here for a whole yeah. rock over, folks. Try the veal. <laughs> uh, all right, we should uh, we should roll into this week's interview because it's a good one. Thirty one days of pure mojo, Rocktober on the Mojo Radio Show. Now, our guest on this week's Rocktober edition of the Mojo Radio Show is somebody that I have known for many, many years. Now, 
This guy won a worldwide award as a coach to CEOs. Now, in wow. any man's language, that puts this guy at the top of his game. Yeah. And what I've really enjoyed learning about Adrian Gearing, our guest, is that not only is he, he's written a number of books, he is a very successful coach and trainer in his own right, but he's also been through his own personal journey of improvement. And I really like guys that not only talk about this stuff, but apply it to themselves. And uh, furthermore, Robbo, he's a doctor. A doctor. Ooh. A doctor. Our second doctor from memory. Yeah, so the intellectual mm. button on the Mojo <laughs> Radio show has been pushed. <laughs> so, Dr. Adrian Gearing, welcome to the Mojo Radio show, mate. That's a great pleasure. I feel very honoured, uh, Gary. Adrian, for those of our audience who aren't familiar with your work, you are an international award-winning, highly recognised coach of CEOs and leaders. You've been doing it for quite a while now, you've seen a lot, you're at the top of your game. What what significant changes have you seen in leadership in the last couple of years? I think the, the most significant change is that people now realise that they can't just be alone in their leadership. And by that, I mean that they need another group of people like a mastermind group that um, they can associate with it. If you, if you like, it's, it's, a, it's a family, it's a tribe where they can feel safe, where the, the tribe can give them feedback. But even more importantly than having a master coach to speak into their lives and for them to be able to willing be willing to change because the rate of change is so high that people are struggling to keep up with it. So if you have a mastermind group and a coach working together, or even just a coach to give to give you another point of view about your life. I was with a person this morning who said the best thing that I've had is that I've had I've been able to get confidence in a difficult situation because of being able to get feedback and being able to think things through and talk uh, things through. There's an old proverb which says, in the multitude of counsellors, there's safety. So I think the having different perspectives uh, in a changing environment where it's not always clear in because of the complexity and the rate of change, I think is a very helpful thing. And I've found that the people who take advantage of that opportunity certainly grow and much faster in terms of their effectiveness as leaders and also because they're getting ongoing feedback and coaching to help them grow and overcome some of the issues which they may have uh, in actually their leadership role. It's such such a good point, Adrian, and... The thing that comes to mind for me is how do I how do I go about choosing the right coach or getting a mastermind group? How do I know I'm on the right track? Well, first of all, it's the the, the success is based around two factors. One, it's the it's the actual quality of the group that you associate with. And now there are groups and groups, but if you've got high-performing leaders in those groups and they've been carefully selected, uh, then you can get, come into an environment where of success, not failure, of opportunity and growth mm. and improvement rather than thinking how bad the world is where it becomes almost like a, a group where you can get some help with your own life. But it does 
doesn't really help you to grow and take advantage of the opportunities. And so having a very positive group, I think. The second thing is actually having a person who has had has done the has had the number of hours of coaching and and mentoring. A lot of people go into the coaching uh, course after a weekend they're a qualified coach well <laughs> it's a it's a lifetime of learning it's and the coach has got to be above all an ongoing learner an ongoing change agent a person who navigates change for their own life and demonstrate and models that if they're not learning and growing then you're with someone who may not really be uh, or say with what's happening in the in the environment and the real world so that person has got to be a model and an example in their own personal personal life and their leadership and the way they run the business and to have a group that is really inspiring and is and is really uh, seeing him him or her as the as the primary person the first amongst equals who sets the who's a pace setter who's a creative thinker who's a strategist who who demonstrates all the thing of being a great leader so that they then can follow that person and be inspired and know that that he, that that person is totally committed to them and that's the other thing. Commitment is very, very important. And they themselves, I think, have got to really um, demonstrate what they say is true, the power of their own purpose, to live on purpose and to run their, that group on purpose. You know, leaders do have purpose, which is demonstrated in their own vision, passion and action. So above all, that person's got to demonstrate that vision and that passion and and that action. And I think to also, as a strategist, to watch, to, to shepherd, to decide and change the strategy and reinvent the group, just like you have to reinvent a, a company. So that's 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 just so important. And also, that person has got to have a lot of care for that group. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Now, exercising tough love in a fair way really does produce great relationships and results. In the end, the greatest leader is but a shadowy presence whose team says we did it ourselves. Adrian, um, on that note, uh, I think this is very powerful. I was talking to Robbo last week and I heard an interview with a guy called Simon Sinek, who I know you'd be very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the book about starting at why, the golden... Power uh, of wine, yeah. Yeah, the power of wine, the, the golden circle and so on. He's got a new book out on leadership and he studied a lot of military leaders and he said in the interview that I heard leadership is about sacrificing self-interest based on what you just said would you would you concur with that yeah i think it's really about a servant's heart about serving others and helping others it's really nurturing people it's not just done by attending classroom type setting as some people attempt to do it's done through a coaching approach where the person is very much wanting to help that person to fulfil all the goals and dreams that they have. First of all, to discover them, uh, and 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 to really their success is intimately linked to the success of that person, and their influence and helping those people develop is really related very much to really loving that person, helping to become the best that they can be, and also having tough love with them when they when they default themselves if you i know you've worked with some outstanding successful business leaders when you could visualize one or two of those people in your mind what would you say are the common characteristics or attributes 
of the leaders in your mind that have stood apart from the rest? Well, exceptional leadership, I think, is it's about it's directly related to being able to influence and impact other people. Uh, and the only, the most important way is that they themselves have to show that in their own lives that their example, first and foremost, is, is demonstrated by what they do every day, how they interact with people. It's the whole summary of their own behaviour. So if, if you want to sort of put it down, I think it's the power of purpose. It's having a very clear strategy, which is very simple, which they implement and they continually get feedback and continually grow and change that. I think it's the whole thing that they are very competitive, that they try to take their company further forward and building a high performance culture and setting up a process to multiply and develop leaders. So they're always thinking about how what's the next generation coming behind me. I think the other thing that I would say is they're very good at uh, selecting people, developing them and bringing them into a team. Um, that I think it's the whole concept of hiring slyly, firing quickly. You know, CEOs, I say that CEOs are not in the behaviour modification process, but in the behaviour selection process. So if they select people slowly, carefully and invest in choosing the best, then the team will be absolutely a winning team. I'm passionate about basketball and so when you look at a team that's winning, they've got the right people in the right position, they've got a game plan, they play and train hard together, there's a real spirit of teamwork, of working together. So a great leader can take a team and coach them and care for the team and, and exercise tough love and help people to go to places where they never have been. And by and large, those exceptional leaders use coaching as the best way um, to d develop their direct reports. You know, the most important focus of coaching is to help the person you're coaching to discover their own solutions to, ch to their challenges without you p imposing your own solution on them. And then the other thing that I've found that I've found that most people don't do, and they're very weak on this, and particularly in Australian business, they don't people hold people accountable. Now, by that, most people think, "Oh, being a policeman is not that at all." It's what I do. I hold the CEOs I work with accountable. I say, "Okay, let's do a set of goals. What's your what's your life goals? What's your life?" purpose, what's your life goals, what's your strategic goals for the next three years to achieve those, and then what's your one-year goals uh, in, in, your, in your personal life, your leadership role, and then in the business, and how are you going to measure that? What are the measures that you're going to have? So they do those measures, and then I then graft those measures on KPI forms, key performance indicator forms, the five or six things that are absolutely critical for them to be successful in their life, their leadership and business. And every month when I meet with them, I ask them to take out those and tell me how they're going with that. I'm more interested in the trend, not the actual result for the month. If it's trending down, is that a topic we should talk about today? And how is that really important to you? If it isn't, take it off the list because you're only kidding yourself that it is important. And it, I find that incredibly valuable. There's an interesting point um, that I'll go back to. You talked about selecting the right people. 
and there again, not getting rid of people that aren't the right people. I'm in the middle of, actually, I almost finished a book called Delivering Happiness, Adrian. Um, it's A Path to Profits, Passion and Purpose for our listeners by Tony Heisch. And he's the CEO of Zappos. And Zappos is one of the most successful online retailers in the world, now part of Amazon. And it is a fantastic book. And one of the things I took out of that book was the effort and time and consideration they put into their hires. And it was really about hiring the people who would fit as opposed to the people who could do a great job and probably bring the money, but they wouldn't fit to create the culture he wanted at Zappos. And it's a very good read. I'll put a, a link to it in the show notes. And uh, I must say, I'm getting a lot out of it. And I, it reiterates exactly what you're saying. Yeah, well, I think that it's very, very important to do that. And most people do it the other way. They hire quickly and fire slowly. Yeah. And when we ran a selection recruitment company, we had a very thorough process with checklisted. And it was really not just based around interviews. It was really matching the person to the job using a personality profile matching the person to the team using a team role profile and then doing a values analysis of the company and saying, if there are 22 values, which of those 22 would you like to say are the key values for your company? And now we'll we'll design the interview with the questions yeah. to make sure that we select people with those values. Most people don't go to that time and trouble and we focus mainly on selecting senior executives and CEOs uh, general managers and uh, personal assistants because those are the key people. And if you don't get that right, then how can you build a winning team and have a winning company? And mm. I totally agree with that author. But it is really one of the most important things. And you always go back, if there's a losing if there's a problem in an organisation, have a look at your selection, recruitment and induction processes and then your accountability process and see whether there's clarity in terms of what the people have been hired to do and that they agree with that and their key yeah. performance indicators for nice. every aspect of their role. It becomes a very professional process then to, to work in that kind of culture. Most cultures don't have that that I've found, sadly lacking. Adrian, do you is it your belief that today's leaders lack discipline? Well, today's people lack discipline, don't they? <laughs> Do you well, that's lack my discipline? Point. Do I lack discipline? Do you get it done all the right time? Gary, that's a bit of a yes-no question, isn't it? Um, well, it's I just think- that I think that the accountability part, and from what I see, is that I think people lack discipline to focus. People lack discipline to sit down, actually take the time to absorb themselves in learning. People are late to meetings. Conferences start late. They don't deliver when they say they're going to deliver. They haven't got the discipline to not pick up their telephone when they're sitting in a meeting with somebody. They can't concentrate on one thing or give people the courtesy of their, their, their attention or time. They're not disciplined on their wellness and their health. It just seems to me that it's a key ingredient, and it is people in general. I'd just be interested in your perceptions of looking at the outstanding leaders who have been successful and those that talk a lot but never put any rubber on the road. Is discipline part of that process in your mind? <laughs> Of course it is. And that's what we don't like, isn't it? All of us don't like. So the areas in my life that I need to focus on, I've got a coach that I meet with every month uh, by Skype in the US and he continually challenges me to do the things that I want to do. And, and, uh, And I think that's... Most people get distracted 
through the pressure on their lives. If you take the CEO role where I've worked for the last almost 30 years, there are lots of external pressures, internal pressures, pressures from above if there's a board, pressures from below from the staff and managers, then the suppliers, the customers, and then the regulators. So there's a lot of pressure on these people. And so unless they're very well organised and they get then totally overwhelmed with the 150 emails they each receive every day. So no wonder they neglect some things. But I think so often people worry about the past or worry about the future. But today is the only day that we have. It's a gift for our lives. And so we need to really just focus, have a certainly a future orientation in business, but today is just focus on that bucket for yeah, called today yeah. and what I want to achieve out of that and, yeah. and plan early in the day before or in the morning to write down what you want to do and then work through that and then protect yourself from all the time wasters that come in and probably a lot of CEOs are doing other people's jobs. Yes. That's yep. what caused some of the problem. But I do agree it is a real discipline issue mm. and we need to learn how to be disciplined to do that. But sometimes there may be some other underlying yeah. causes that they, where they can't do things. For example, I shed 20 kilograms last year. Prior to that, I'd never had victory in that area of my life and I totally changed the way I I did. I, I did a number of things which helped me to overcome that area. And, and even though, and I wasn't as disciplined as I could have been in a number of areas. And then I just moved that right up. And as a result of that, I was able to get that result. We had a fantastic interview, Adrian, at the start of our show late last year. And um, it was a guy from the Gruen Transfer, uh, Dan Gregory. And we talked about this and we talked about discipline. And he had a great saying. He said, design beats discipline. And quite often when things aren't, when it's too hard for people to apply discipline, it's because the design is wrong. And if it's a matter of being at a conference and eating all the sticky cakes and soft drinks that are being served at morning tea, the design fault is that you didn't take your own food along so you wouldn't have to. You could snack on something out of your own bag. Or if you are doing someone else's job and that is causing issues for your discipline, then it's a design issue of stepping back and working out who really, whose role responsibility is. And I thought it was a great saying, and I've been using it now in some of my speeches when I'm talking about mojo with people, is to really think about the design of how people do things. And I like your idea of breaking down sort of the wagon wheel to all different aspects of your life and looking at the design to say, well, what could I change in design to allow me to be more disciplined? Uh, and, and on that question, I just a, a question for you, for your own personal brand. Um, we talk about Bruce Lee, who is the martial artist and a great, in my mind, a great philosopher. He had a saying, it said, it's not the daily increase, but the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessentials. In the last 12 months, what are the unessentials that you have taken out of your own personal world that have had the most profound effect? Well, um, I've sold a property which was taking time uh, and we're just downsizing our own lives in terms of that. What have been some of the other things? I think the very fact that I have limit, I limit what I do. I, I limit myself to coaching and I speak very occasionally and I do writing. That's all I'm doing. I'm not doing any strategic. Well, I used to do a number of other things. So mm. less is more. 
So I have actually decreased the number of activities. I take far more holidays and rest periods. I've just been in Darwin for nine days. A couple of months ago, I went to Phuket with my wife for two weeks. Uh, and in October, we go to Broome. So making sure that those things are, are put in that are absolutely critical in terms of your own health and well-being. And just really starting off with who you are and and therefore what are the things you need to have resilience and well-being uh, and I think that's just so important um, so being more focused on a few things and really becoming excellent in those things becoming world-class world-class people do not focus on five or six things they usually have one thing which they give their heart and life to Hallelujah. and that may lead to some imbalance but I've found I do mostly of my work is just in coaching and mentoring I do a bit of speaking and writing but I love I have a great passion for that and love to do that. Adrian do you have any Adrian Gearing or so I say Dr Adrian Gearing daily rituals like non-negotiable rituals that you mandate happen every day? Yes I, I get up in the morning and uh, I I have a lemon drink, which helps to clean my uh, my uh, liver. Uh, I then try and get to the swimming pool every morning for an hour. I've been walking in the swimming pool to build up my core strength and so forth. Uh, the other thing is I also spend time in meditation, and Bible reading, prayer, praying and thinking through the day, and I'm and I read a chapter of a of a wonderful book each morning as well. So those are the things I get. I I, I it's like the the pump in the ground. I'm I'm putting a bit of water in the pump to get mm. it primed for the day. And I think through the day what I'm going to do, and I declare affirmations on my life of, that I'll be uh, have a great attitude and relationship with the people I'm meeting, and that I'll be a great value to them, and they will get great benefit from it. So it's rehearsing the day. Alice in Wonderland said about rehearsing the day, and one of the things rehearse the day and imagine the day of, that it will be successful and a great blessing to you and the lives of other people and to think through that. And I think I find that uh, if I spend time with my wife uh, and um, just talking with her uh, in the morning and getting some thoughts from her life because she does a similar thing and we do a similar reading book in the morning which has been very inspiring and helpful we get key thoughts out of that so I find that as you start the day ready to preparing your heart and your life and physically, mentally, socially and spiritually that that helps me to be prepare well uh, in with the people that I'm going to work with and serve during that day. That is beautiful, Adrian. Tell me, um, if you were going to recommend a book to me to grab that would have a profound effect on my life or Robbo's life or our readers' lives, if there was a book in any aspect of our world that you think this is the one that it's your go-to book that would be the first step on the next part of our chapter in our lives, what would you what what, what book would you recommend? There's a, a wonderful book that I read when I went to the Hudson Institute in Santa Barbara over a year, I traveled back there about four or five times. I did a year-long coaching course, and the director of the coaching program, Patricia, um, came to me and said, look, I've chosen a special book for your life for this year. I've looked at you, I've, I've assessed you, and it was uh, a book by a man called Parker Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R, 
whom I've discovered and has got a um, a wonderful centre for creative living up in Seattle, but he's an educationist and um, he wrote a book called Let Your Life Speak. And it's a beautiful collection of six essays about the true self being released in your life and it's like a, a wild animal. It's, it doesn't come out easily and so often, and this is what has been the transformation in my life through, through that book and doing other readings uh, and thinking and getting feedback and through coaching, to discover who you truly are. Who am I? That's, that, my name is Adrian Gearing, but that's not who I am. You know, what is the real core of your life? And then what, is, what are the things that you're good at? And then what, the, what is the context? Where do you like to work and be? So that has been incredibly helpful to mm. me to release my true self and be true to who I am. Because most people do not ever discover why they were created, what their destiny and what is their life purpose. And that's probably the most important question. You know, why was I created? What was the problem in the world that I was created uh, to actually help solve? with my unique set of skills and ability and then what do I need to do to develop those skills and ability to be in a place where I can really discover that purpose and absolutely take it and fulfill it because if you love what you do and you do what you love and you're aligned with your purpose, you don't go to work a day in your life. It's just a real joy to be working in that way. And so that's one of the journeys I've been on and that book, Let Your Life Speak by Parker Palmer, was one of the best books I've read. It's a brief book but it has packed full of wisdom and it helps. It's not a book you just read and put down. It's a book that you meditate and think about about some of these things that he says there and I think it, it, it quite often the true self has never been able to be released in people's lives so people think it's all about business or leadership no it's about who you are and what you want to become and then how you can express that through your life and through your job so that was a profound change in my life uh, through that that book and through starting to really think and reflect on that that's a lovely gift for our listeners mate that uh that was absolutely uh gold golden them their book leaves um adrian just um one final question before we let you get on with your day um i've watched your journey with health now for a number of years we, we go back a long long time and i i know the people you work with i met a lot of the, the outstanding business leaders that you have mentored over the years i've seen you mentor yourself tell me in reflection now of seeing your journey over the last, say, five years with your own health and fitness, how, how important in your mind is that to today's great leader? And what impact and what changes have you noticed by losing 20 kilos? What's it done for you in your leadership thinking purpose? Well, first of all, I think you get victory in an area that I've been told by my doctor he's got thousands of patients and they never ever can get victory in this life so you're doing something which probably very few people ever do is really uh, take control of their weight and so forth but I think the thing is that having a loving family I've got four children and five grandchildren and one of my uh, two people almost died in our family my wife Mari in 1990 she had a 
very rare tumour and she survived that. And then Jay, our son, who had a very critical illness and uh, ended up about 35 kilos and was a week from death and we saw oh, wow. total miraculous change in his life and now he's an outstanding personal trainer. But the thing that taught me through that is the fragility of life. And I say to each pe person, you know, you've only got today, that's all you've got. And it doesn't matter what you do, if you don't build for your long-term superannuation and your health, and in, our, in the group that I work with, the CEO group, we have a saying, there's only four things that really count, health, happiness, relationships, and wealth in that order. Because if you have wealth and you don't have health, what's the point? If you have health but no happiness what's the point and then for the people that you love who would who and i always say you know spend the time with people who will weep for you at your funeral and for the people you're closest to if you don't have good relationships and a great family life and the interaction with them and see them and care for them and tell them how much you are amazed with them and how much you love them and how much you value them and that they truly are people that you think highly of and and you're very impressed and very proud of them what is the point and that's why I say to the CEOs, what is the point if you can't be healthy and, 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 and last a long time? It doesn't matter if you're the richest person in the cemetery. We all have one destination at the end and we should have you know, well-being in our lives and resilience that will enable us to go through the tough times with, with great fortitude and courage. And I think it's courage to change. That's what I've found. It takes a lot of courage to change. Most people don't because it is difficult. But so what? It's unpleasant for a while until you get the new habit into your life. So that's what I say. Just stick at it and don't give up. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. That's what Winston Churchill once said on his great speech when he went back to his old school and long introduction he got up and said young men never give up never give up never give up and that would be the final word I'd say to your listeners never give up well this has been fantastic Adrian I knew this would be a great chat so mate thank mm. you so much for coming on our little program and sharing with us it's been great catching up and uh, continued success for you um, Adrian, anybody who wants to catch up with you, where would you send them to to get more details on Dr. Adrian Gearing? Well, probably my website, www.adriangearing.com.au or they can e email me at gearing at adriangearing.com.au or call me on my mobile, which is 0412 seven three eight triple one that's zero four one two seven three eight triple one i'd be glad to field any calls or talk with people uh, no obligation no cost uh, just i think the most important thing i see that if i can help anyone on their journey uh, that is a blessing to them and to me and i've never ever found that it's uh it's it's really selfish to be generous. I've never found that that didn't actually multiply a hundred times in my life, and I'm just I just want to help people in any way I can because by that we certainly may build a better world. And we, if we help people to get victory in their lives in whatever area they're struggling, how good is that? Well, let's uh, let's let, let's let you get on with your day, Adrian. We will get you back on again, mate, because there's tons more I want to ask you about. Yeah, any time, Gary. I'd be glad to help out in any this way that is, you uh, think. So. 
suitable. Thanks for your time. Robbo, nice ya. to meet you. All yep. the best with your parenting. Yes, thanks, mate. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> you know what Mother Teresa said What's when that? she was given the Nobel Prize, yep. Peace Prize? What's that? She, she was asked, what is your best advice to give so that we can get peace in the world? And she said one thing, go home and love your family. Yes. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. <laughs> All the best, guys. Thanks for your That's time. That's beautiful. Good on you, mate. See, See you soon, Adrian. Cheers. Thanks. Bye for now. On the Mojo Radio Show. 31 days of interviews, music and mojo. Let's rock over, business. Turn it up. I'm all businessed up. I'm ready to go. I've been writing my notes. I'm I'll tell away. you what, I've had a number of people who are listening to our show send me messages from all over the world, actually, which is, you know, very comforting for us, but... Um, I had I approached a speaker who will be a guest on the show in a couple of weeks' time, mm. and one of the first things she said was, "Wow, you've got such a diverse range of guests." And yeah, right. it's true. Now we've done the last couple of weeks: positive psychology and sleep and business leadership, yep. change, rock and roll, China, rock and roll. <laughs> it's been. Um, it's uh, that's what I like about the show is that. And, and coming up, we've got some brilliant guests coming up that are quite eclectic in their nature, but I think yep. it was good to have a businessy show in the middle of Rocktober just to Indeed. keep things swing along, keep that mm. variety going. Um, now, last week we did do a promotion, which mm. is very Rocktober, yes. for people to ring the entry machine and the competition is still running mm-hmm. Call 0872006656 or that is that number again, 08. 7200 Mojo on your keypad. Uh, we had some callers through, which is nice, and we've selected a few, and we've got some CDs, right? Yep, we're going to make a few calls. Here we go. Here we go with the first one. This is Anna from uh, just near me, actually, West Pennant Hills here in Sydney. Right. Hello. Hi, is that Anna? Yes, it is. Anna, it's Robbo and Gary at the Mojo Radio Show. How are you going? Hey, Anna. Oh, hi, I'm well. Hi, Gary. Hi, Robbo. How are you? Hey. Now you uh, you rang the uh, the Mojo line and left uh, your name and number for us because you wanted to yes. win you wanted to win a copy of Rick Price's new album Tennessee Sky is that right Yes I did yeah. Well we can probably do that I reckon don't you Gary Yeah absolutely <laughs> I'll sign it for you too Awesome Oh Gary's going to autograph it that'll add some value <laughs> Awesome Don't tell Rick <laughs> Oh, thanks. That's great. Not a problem, Happy Rocktober, Anna. Anna. Yeah, happy Rocktober. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, mate, over to you. You got the next one? Okay, I am calling Justina from the Blue Mountains. Hello. Hello. Is that Justina? It is. This is Robbo and Gary from the Mojo Radio Show. Hey, Justina. hi. How you doing? Well, thank you. How's your day going today? Oh, I think it's going better now. It's going well so far. <laughs> well, everyone well, says that after they speak to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially if we've got free stuff to give yeah. away. Well, that's all we were ringing for. Thank you. See you later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. You left us a lovely message on the Mojo Radio Show answering machine. Thank you. And in return, you wanted a copy of the Dead Daisies new CD, Revolution which is the French for revolution, and uh, we've got you a copy. <laughs> you so desperately. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love the band. That'll be great. Fantastic. Well, it is on its way to you. Thank you for calling, Justina. Happy happy Rocktober. Okay, yeah, happy thanks, Rocktober. Guys. Thanks, thanks for lot. listening. Cheers. I reckon we can sneak in one more, don't you? Tell you what, Do you reckon the prize cupboard will take it? <laughs> Do you know what's really interesting? Uh, you know how our show's a little bit rock and a little bit sort of country? Yeah. 
It's interesting that all our callers so far have been girls. Yes, indeed. Well, just to add to that, we've got one more. We've got Heather in far north Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, can I just say, she's, uh, she's, she's, she must be rocking out up there because she's gone for the dead daisies on her Oh, phone right. Call. Yeah. There you go. Hello, Heather speaking. Hello, Heather. It's Robbo and Gary from the Mojo Radio Show. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. And you? Very well, thank you. Hey, Heather. Hello, how are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you for calling and leaving a message for us on yeah. the Mojo Radio Show answering machine. Very good of you. We've got something for you. We do indeed. We have a copy of the Dead Daisies new album, and I'm not going to try and do it like Gary does it. Revolution. It's, it's actually, <laughs> Heather, it's actually oh. Revolution. He's been practicing and practicing. He's so proud of himself. That's, oh, that's how that. the band that's how the band pronounces it. We, we interviewed the band last week, and John Karabi distinctively said Revolution, which comes from the French for Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, from what I understand from your message, you're up in the uh, the far north of northern Australia, in north, far north Queensland. Is that right? Yes, we're in central Queensland. Uh, we're in a little town called Dysart, which is in between Emerald and Mackay. So we're still so we're celebrating the big, we're still celebrating the big win the other weekend. Uh, yes. Yes? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> depending on who you speak to, it depends on whether you're celebrating or commiserating. Oh, there's Broncos fans <laughs> that far north, is there? <laughs> there are indeed, unfortunately. God, there they're everywhere. Uh, mind you, I tell you, it was such a cracking game. I don't think even the Broncos could deny just an epic game of football and a great result for the North Queenslanders. Absolutely. Agreed. It, it, it was a great game and, and it kept a lot of people on their toes and there was a lot of cheering in our little town and a lot of balloons and a lot of celebrating. So That's great. How about that? That's, that's great. Hey, you any, are you getting any rain out there, Heather? Uh, no, we're uh, typical for this time of the year and we're about 35 degrees in the shade today. Oh, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> Good I feel for, feel for you. Well, well, if any rain comes our way, we'll send it up for you. <laughs> oh, that'll be great. That'll be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, congratulations, Heather. And thanks for entering. Thank you very much for that. All right, we'll talk to you. Thanks yes, for listening. We'll See you, Heather. The Mojo Radio Show. So there you go. That was very Rocktober of us, wasn't it? We've Mate, been it sounds down. like a real radio station. Yeah, Giveaways, well, callers. Yeah, and the prize cupboard's still full of CDs too. So um, nice. don't stop dialing people. We've got plenty to give away. Now, someone else who's hassled me and hassled me and, and wanted to be a part of Rocktober, he's actually on holidays in Vietnam, believe it or not, but it's taken time out to call in. Paul Christie from Mondo Rock. Hey, Paul. Well, it's great to be on Mojo Wilson and Tarnang here. Tarnang, Tarnang, what are they going to roll for? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, happy yeah, October. I'm really, really looking forward to being a part of the uh, Rock Yeah, thanks so much for taking some time out of your holidays for us too, mate. Really appreciate it. That's okay. Mate, do you remember the old uh, Rock going back to the SM days and Triple M days? I do. Um... I, I did have fond memories of October because it, it was such an, it, it almost became yeah. an institution, wasn't it? We institutionalised as October. It came around every year and there were lots of events and gigs and all sorts of fantastic stuff. I think um, Dougie Mulroy was, um, was big on October, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Rocktober was uh, was just that time of the year, wasn't so it? So, Paul, um, uh, we thought we might do something different um, with this interview with you because it's the... it's. it's Fantastic to catch up with you, and we do appreciate your time on your holidays. But we thought maybe we'd just throw some rapid fire questions about people you've played with and some of the great writers you've worked with. Can you think back through your time with Mondos and Party Boys and the sessions you've done? Can you remember 
a really outstanding songwriter that you had the privilege of either watching, write or wrote with? Well, there's been several, but of course, the standout for me and, and, and the one song I've had the most, oh, the most longevity with, that I've worked with is Eric McCusker from Mondo Rock. Eric has um, an innate ability to, to, to create a story in his mind, whether it's about people, mostly it's about people. Or events, and then to be able to translate that into a three and a half minute synopsis of the whole thought pattern, but put to great music with great melodies. He's very, very, very um, gifted, but he works very hard at doing it. Other great songwriters I've worked with that I really greatly admire is James Ray. James Ray is possibly underrated as a songwriter because. James Ryan's thing has always been that he's had a fairly adoring legion of fans, predominantly female, but he's also written some very, very anthemic Australian songs, um, like Boys Light Up and, 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 and all those things that's called it. I find that very interesting, and there's a crossover between the, the world of the artist and the musician and the corporate world, because... In the corporate world, businesses, one of the most powerful things today is to tell a great story and to find their backstory and to find the one that's compelling enough to put it into a website or into a presentation or into a tender document. And I find that a lot of people struggle to find that story. Is there a process you saw that these guys went through to find and draw out a story? Like, I'm really interested in the storytelling process of songwriting. There was one, one experience I had happening on my backside. We were over in Bunbury in Perth. I think I might have told you this last time we spoke. But we were playing in Western Australia, and we were playing at Bunbury, which is always fun to do. It, it, you know, it's a raucous crowd, and, and they're kind of regional people, and they just like getting it on. So we were waiting. We, we, we drove down to the sound check, and then we had time to kill. So we're in a hotel room, and there was this massive cupboard. I've never seen a cupboard so big in my life. I mean, you could hang Shrek in there on a cable in there. And I look inside the cupboard, and, and Eric's sitting on the floor with a notepad in the cupboard. And he's doodling away, and he's writing a story out on a little notepad. And, uh, and I can hear him go, singing, do, 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 do. And that song from the floor of the cupboard in Bunbury, Western Australia, became Start of the Heart. And I thought, you know, I was, I was so young then, and I thought, I thought, oh, that's just magic. How do you do that? You know. So one night we drove home from the gig. Um, and he dropped me off, he used to pick me up and, and drop me off at my place in, in East London. And I said, I've been doodling around with riffs on the bass guitar. Now now listen. So I played it, and he was just taking notes, and then he played along with his guitar, da 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 da. And the next week, like the next day, we had the song Chemistry, which was the lead track off, off wow. the chemistry album. And so it can be, it can be just so quick that it, it, it's a shining light and reach up and you, 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 you it's like a light on a cord and you pull it down and shine bright on the desk. But um, over, over 30 years now, we're, we're very cool to each other. You know, we all know 
we don't have to sort of <laughs> yeah. talk about too much about how we do it and what we do. It just it just comes naturally, and we play to with the highest possible standard that we can we can or at the time we can we can win. So been a long journey. I mean, thirty six years is a long time to hold down a job. Do you keep a songbook, Paul, or the great songwriters that you have written with or that you admire have played with, do they keep journals or songbooks or lyric books of these ideas or stories they observe? Like, does it, do they have a, a go-to re- a repository for this stuff? Eric definitely does. I mean, he's got, he's probably got, you know, filing cabinets full of stuff and tapes and notes and tools cap pads and notepads and, um, you know, sometimes... You're lying in bed late at night playing on tour or something and a songwriter will come up with an idea and I think, oh, that's great. I'll finish it off in the morning. I never, ever remember. It just comes and it just goes. And so the great trick is to actually write it down with with, with an indication of, of the notes and the melody and at least the rough set of words. And um, you've got to keep it. And that's, that's the way I would have to do it. I know that's the way Eric does it. And I'm sure that... that um, Active minds like Richards and Paul Kelly's, um, Walkers, and all these great, great songwriting minds this country possesses and has created would, would have to fundamentally do the same. Well, Paul, this has been nice to catch up, buddy. So good to have you on uh, Rocktober as our special guest, particularly someone who remembers the halcyon days of the M's in Rocktober. It was a great time, but. Uh, Thanks, mate. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, enjoy your holiday. Yes, it's, it's a fascinating place. You never know what's going to happen next. It's great. <laughs> Don't get lost down the tunnels, whatever you do. I just thought I'd put a little plug in for my the um, tutoring work that I do through Weekend Warriors. They're running a, a season at Mall Music um, in, uh, in October. And it's um, starting, starting very early in October, actually. So, uh, if anyone wants to um, find out about that, they can ring one three hundred eight six one six six nine and ask for Alex or Jeff, and they can find about. I find out all about that. We yeah, are next week in Warrior season where I teach bands how to play bands, and that's enormous fun. We'll collect all those details and stick them in the show notes too, folks. Yep, so, um, sure will. Absolutely, it'll all be there. Mate, uh, thank you so much again and uh, enjoy your holiday. Sure. We will uh, we'll hopefully talk to you when you get back. Yep, and thanks for your time, boys. It's great. On the Mojo Radio Show. 31 days of interviews, music and mojo. It's Rocktober, bitches! Mate, Rocktober is just going ballistic. Yes, and we're not finished yet. I'd like to send a CD, uh, one of the Dead Daisy CDs, out to Sarah Barfield, who sent a note to us on our Facebook page this Mm. week. So, Sarah, Mm. if you want to send us a quick message with some details, we get a copy of the album Revolution, uh, which is a cracking, cracking album that's Mm. coming your way. Beautiful. Um, And, folks, don't forget, if you'd like to get in touch with us, pick up a copy of the album 08 Seven two zero zero sixty six fifty six. I'll put the number in the show notes as well for you. Mm. Get in touch and uh, get on board. There Absolutely, you go. mate. Uh, I reckon that's a pretty big show this week. I'm exhausted. Now, uh, do you have uh, an acoustic something to play us out with? Yeah, I think I do. Um, let's go with. I've been thinking about what we're going to play this week, and I reckon we might go with a bit of hunters and collectors. Oh, yeah. I was inspired by your hunter collective. 
thing that you were talking about the other week and made me think of Hunters and Collectors. I've been playing them a bit lately. Do you know one one of the first shows I ever saw of Mm. Hunters and Collectors Mm. was at South Rugby League Field in the clubhouse there, and I'm talking, I might be, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. The band played and the drummer had a large gas cylinder and he was keeping time with a spanner. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. So talk about creativity, innovation and doing things differently. It's my greatest memory of Hunters and Collectors was they were just not afraid to try anything. Nice one. That's, um, and that's, this is, well, this is them stripped back and raw in the Triple M studios many years ago now. This is one of their classic songs though. This is True Tears of Joy. Oh. Let's, uh, let's play out with that this week, shall yep. we? Yeah, out. confess your confusion. Spread it around. Trickle down your cheeks, tears fall Like seed on barren ground Your thoughts are scattered like paper everywhere Tiny pieces of laughter and despair But you cry True tears of joy Passion is your weakness But you feel it every day Like a moth to the naked flame You just can't keep away You twist the truth And you turn the other cheek Everybody knows it's just salvation That you see